Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, November 25th. We begin with a look at a new first-of-its-kind report highlighting the contributions of Indigenous Albertans on the provincial economy. We get a breakdown from John Horseman, VP of Business at ATB Financial and ATB Capital Markets. Next is kind of a big deal when it comes to finding a great deal just ahead of the holidays. This week promises to be one of the busiest times of the year when it comes to retail sales both in-store and online with Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Unfortunately, it's also a busy time of the year for scammers looking to pry away your hard-earned dollars. Our Dave McIver brings us some tips on how to not fall prey to cyber criminals. Still on the topic of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, there will definitely be a lot of great sales this week, but just how legitimate are the deals out there? We get some tips on how to get the best bang for your buck from Taz Rajan, community engagement partner at Bromwich and Smith. And finally, Movember is coming to a close. We continue the discussion surrounding men's health with Reese Schaefer, testicular cancer survivor and producer of Mornings with Sue and Andy. Reese introduces us to the One Ball charity supporting men dealing with testicular cancer. A new report from ATB Financial highlights the contributions on the economy by Indigenous Albertans. And joining us this morning to share some insights from the report is John Horsman, Senior Executive Vice President of Business, ATB Financial, and CEO of ATB Capital Markets. Good morning to you, John. Good morning. John, first out the gate here, why is it important to highlight the economic contributions of Indigenous Albertans? Um, I think for the most part, we've never asked this question. And as a consequence, we don't know the answer. And so when we were, um, you know, we were looking at a study put together by Carol Ann Hilton on, it was called Indigenomics. And what she was anticipating was the, you know, the the future of of just the the surge of economic contribution from the Indigenous communities across Canada and when we looked at Alberta, we couldn't even find a, a place to kind of put our, you know, hang our hat and say, what is the current state? How, how, how many businesses, how many people, how many communities are contributing? And so we embarked on this study to answer that question. Fantastic. I, I love that you've asked. And now you're going to hopefully highlight some of the findings then. What, what did you find when you looked into this question? What kind of response did you get? Well, the economic contribution is significant. It's um, you know nearly seven billion dollars, six point seven billion dollars of of contribution across uh, you know hundreds of thousands of indigenous peoples, um, a number you know a deep a number of communities and a and a high number of businesses. John, you mentioned going into this, you could look across the country and see some of the contributions from different parts of our country, but not here in Alberta. Now that we have this data, how does Alberta compare to the, maybe the different provinces and territories and those comp- uh, contributions seen there compared to here? It's a great question, and I don't. There isn't an answer. Um, you know, ATB uh, and MMP went first on this, and we put the work together to do some, you know, we, we, we had to do a lot of heavy lifting to get this data, to get this information. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's the first of its kind, but we hope it's one of many. Okay. So John, what lessons can we learn then from the indigenous contributions to Alberta's economy? Um, well, we, I mean, we would believe that education and awareness is, is a good starting point. And so some of the studies findings, you know, very interesting, uh, you know, the tax contribution, there's almost a $1.4 billion worth of tax contribution from indigenous peoples, um, to Canada. And I think most people find that fact very, very interesting. 
Um, the other thing I think is interesting is that the the form of the contributions um, we would you know we would look to both the community contributions, the individual contributions, and the business contributions. And these, um, this, it's not intuitive how um, you know these communities organize themselves, nor how their um, you know what their economic contribution looks like. And so this study also highlights um, you know where where it all comes from from the three, three different groups. John, now that this data is available and accessible, uh, do we have any insight as to how we can open the door further to uh, economic opportunities for Indigenous people in our province? Well, I'm I'm a big believer in in economic self-determination, and uh, I'm a big believer in in these communities themselves um, being able to look at this data, um, feel proud of the the contribution, but also understand the purchasing power to understand the power that they have to contribute and to grow prosperity for themselves. Um, So that's that's where I would start. Thank you so much for sharing the information with us. Appreciate your time this morning, John. Okay, thank you. That is John Horseman, Senior Executive Vice President of Business, ATB Financial, and CEO of ATB Capital Markets. So interesting, and I think that, uh, you know, it was you who asked the question, well, you know, why haven't we done this before? Yeah. And, and, and I guess to a certain extent, we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to separate these sectors of the economy. But, but, but when we you, do, and we should. Well, yeah, yeah absolutely. We, we shouldn't have, yeah. but when you do, it's surprising, and you realize you know, that things click with all of us together mm-hmm. doing our things. And, uh, you know, our Indigenous peoples is billions, billions of dollars yeah. giving back. I love it. Hey, have you started your Christmas shopping yet? Beware. Scammers are out there trying to pry away those hard-earned dollars from you. Dave McIver has more on some of the holiday scams you need to watch out for this year. On this day in one month, it will be Christmas morning. With the holiday season upon us now, we can be assured of one thing. The scammers are ready to go. The Better Business Bureau has come out with its list of holiday scams we should be paying attention to so that our money and our personal information gets to where we want and don't want it to go. Wes LaFortune is the media and communications specialist at the Better Business Bureau for Southern Alberta and the East Kootenays. The first scam we touched on was the holiday app scam. Apple's App Store and Google Play list dozens of holiday-themed apps where children can video chat live with Santa, or light the menorah, or even track his sleigh on Christmas Eve. But why do we need to be worried about these? Yep, so these are kind of the funny, uh, often they're directed to kids. You know, the Santa, you know, Santa app, those kind of things, the funny reindeer elves and all that kind of stuff. Um, They might have a nominal fee, but what really is driving that scam is again gathering credit card information and personal information so you know we are uh, good natured people most of us and we think it's uh, honest and legitimate and sure we'll sign up for a couple dollars we can show our kids uh, the dancing elves and all of a sudden they've gathered your credit card information and to use it and, uh, and it's a scam so um again um, I can't say all of those are scams. There's probably some legitimate companies, but really do your research. The other important thing is people should try to remember is when you look at a URL or a website address, uh, look for the HTTPS and the S and that means sure. And so that gives you a little bit more um, you know, confidence that you can click on that. I always like this one because um, the word free 
it, it's yeah. always it, it's never as good as it sounds but uh another one is free gift cards and and really the right. message is we, we shouldn't probably be looking at anything yeah. free with uh, an unskeptical eye no and again i mean it's sort of taking advantage of the holiday season christmas time and people are being generous uh but yeah if you see the word free Unfortunately, that's a big red flag and uh, be very careful about any offers that are free and also free trials, you know, those kinds of things. Retailers typically hire seasonal workers to help meet the demands of holiday shoppers. These jobs are a great way to make extra money, sometimes with the possibility of turning into a long-term employment opportunity. However, job seekers need to be wary of employment scams aimed at stealing money and personal information from job applicants. Right. And again, I mean, some of these are legitimate. There are people, you know, there's organizations and businesses, large and small, that are looking for employees. Um, but scammers also know that. So what they typically do is they offer uh, a fake position and they gather your information again, banking information. Uh, sometimes these involve a check where they'll say, we're going to send you a check for cover off some expenses because you're going to be working at home. And the check bounces and you're stuck with those, you know, that, that problem. Uh, so you've got to be very careful. Red flag should always go off if somebody's going to send you a check uh, to cover off expenses uh, for work that you're going to do at home. Uh, if, if they say that, go to the company's website, call the human resources department at that company organization small business say uh is this legitimate you know i've been offered this position so it's really incumbent on people to do the background check typically 40 percent of all charitable donations are received during the last few weeks of the year as we are in more of a giving mood scammers will create fake charities however due to the covid 19 pandemic many organizations had to cancel their usual fundraising events awareness campaigns are now inviting donors to support online yeah, and there's been in the past people doing door-to-door canvassing that's been, you know, that's been scammers as well. Uh, every charity in Canada, registered charity, has to have a registered charity number. You can find that on the Canada Revenue Agency website. Uh, so, and you can ask folks, you know, what's your uh, registered, what's your registry number for Canada Revenue? And they need to produce that. Um, again, legitimate, reputable charities with a track record have, uh, you know, good websites that you can check out. You can look at their annual reports. You can look who their board of directors are and you can call the charity. Say, you know, I'm thinking about making a donation. Believe me, they'll be happy to hear from you and say, you know, I'm thinking about making a donation. Uh, who do I speak to in your uh, in your development department to to do that? And they'll connect you with the correct person. Many local in-person events, such as pop-up holiday markets or craft fairs, have also moved online. Scammers are creating fake event pages, social media posts, and emails, charging admission for what used to be a free event. Local, yeah, markets, uh, craft fairs, some of those things have moved online apparently during COVID and scammers creating fake event pages. Um, and so they'll ask you to pay an admission fee for those to attend the event. And again, of course, the ultimate goal is to grab your credit card information. Uh, 
uh, and your personal information, which is also very valuable to scammers. Uh, especially during the holiday season, I mean, there's a lot of activities that are put on by communities, community leagues, and community associations for, for free. Um, so again, it kind of raises a flag, a red flag to me that they're charging a fee. Um, you know, you know, really look for an organizer's name and phone number or, or uh, email that you can contact follow up. So if you really want to go to the event and uh, usually people are, you know, pretty happy to provide information to validate, you know, what they're doing. And if you do feel like you're being scammed or something just isn't right, contact the BBB. Report it to Better Business Bureau through the Scam Tracker, which is an online site that tracks scams in real time. And that can be found at BBB.org. Uh, if you think you've been the victim of a, a, a crime and that involves fraud, then you should report it to the police using the non-emergency line. Uh, contact your police service. So don't let the Grinch steal your money, personal information, or your Christmas this year. I'm Dave McIver with Global News Radio 770 CHQR. Some might consider it the silliest time of the year, the huge craze of Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Very popular, not just in the states uh, where they started, but also very much here in Canada. And joining us with tips to get the best deals within your budget is Taz Rajan, Community Engagement Partner at Bromwich & Smith. Good morning to you, Taz. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Good. Thank you for taking the time with us. And I'm wondering, the Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals, are they worth waiting for or is it a whole lot of hoopla and marketing? <laughs> Great question. You know what? In some instances, there really are some great deals. And this is where, you know, making that list, you know, Santa makes his list and checks it twice. We got to do the same thing. Make a list of what specifically it is, you know, who you want to buy for and specifically what you're looking for. And then, you know, you've researched it over time so that when this sort of silly time comes along, you already have an idea of, hey, you know what? Previously, it was this much. Here's the Black Friday or Cyber Monday sale. Um, you know, and is it actually a good deal or is it a bunch of hoopla? Mm, and Taz, we can get so carried away because it gets exciting. You see, oh, that's a, that seems like a great deal. I'm going to get that. So how do we avoid breaking the bank and really try to be careful and budget for the holiday season and particularly Black Friday? Oh, yeah, you're speaking to my heart, too. <laughs> so really, it, you just hit it on the nail, actually having a budget, right? So do you have an overall budget and do you have a Christmas or festive season budget? That's a really big one. Um, another thing is also actually doing your research and knowing ahead of time what the brand is, what the quality is, what's the average price, you know, do they take competitor um, coupons, um, you know, doing that sort of research as well, having a plan of attack as well that, you know, you know what the store return policy is um, and, you know, kind of going in with that confidence like a shopping connoisseur rather than, you know, just being swept up in the frenzy. The frenzy part, and I'm not saying I need you to be on my side with this point, Taz, <laughs> uh, but I do. I was saying to Sue that, no matter what kind of a, if it's a 20%, 40%, 60%, 80% off discount, is it really a discount and a good deal if it wasn't on your list, if it isn't something that you yes, actually need? obviously, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, you oh, know, my God. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a valid point. It's a very, very, very valid point. It's one of our tips that we say that spending money is not 
saving. So it really doesn't matter if the screen shows you. You saved, you know, $38 today, but you spent $75. That was maybe not in your budget. And it's so funny, Andy, you remind me of my dad when I was younger. We'd come home with, oh, my God, this was 90% off. And my dad would say, well, even if it's a dollar, if it's out of your budget, it's too expensive. And I just, you know, didn't get it as a kid, but... I find myself saying that to people now. So I live by the premise you can't afford not to buy it when it's a great deal. I probably shouldn't go with that. That's not one of your tips. Well, you know, can you afford not to buy it or can you actually afford to buy it? I think that's really the question, but... I hear you, Sue. Been there, done that. I'm recovering myself. <laughs> we, we've talked a lot and focused a whole bunch on this safety aspect and the scams that could, you know, get in our way of our shopping enjoyment and getting these mm-hmm. uh, great deals. Uh, but I, I, I'm guessing that uh, what you're going to tell us is, you know, those trusted sites. Go back to those sites and those stores that we know. Yeah, absolutely. Go back. Definitely, you know, there is this drive to support local, and I'm really all for that for sure. Support local and support the big boxes, you know, make sure your virus protection is on. Mm. And the other thing I would say, it's not so much a fraud or a scam, but there are sort of these hidden costs that we need to just be aware of, right? Interest on your credit card. Is there a fee for shipping? Is there a fee for shipping it back or restocking, right? Warranties, add-ons. And just back to the original question too, Andy, um, the cost of self-image, right? When we Mm. spend money on something that wasn't part of our budget and it puts us in the red, there's that hidden cost to it as well, the self-image, you know, erosion that kind of occurs when we don't keep a promise to ourselves. Budget, be aware, go into it with eyes open. All good (laughs) reminders. Even though we love to spend, we have to be careful. You can really get carried away. Thanks for joining us, Taj. Always have great tips for us. You bet. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too, Taz Rajan, Community Engagement Partner at Bromwich and Smith. The other thing that I would say be very cognizant of, maybe you're getting free shipping, maybe you're getting a, a great deal on your that shipping. Shipping can be a killer. It, it you're can, right. and that's something that you, you have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. But the other part, and I discovered this at Halloween, we wanted to get a, a big size, a full-sized human skeleton, mm-hmm. okay? Um, a human not a, skeleton? You know what I mean, a skeleton. I, you know I have to say that? Because my three-year-old loves skeletons. Right. So we've got a puppy dog skeleton. Oh, we've got okay. a frog. Gotcha. So, it's a, a, I, so I, I can't just say skeletons. <laughs> we wanted to get one, and they were very expensive at the specialty stores. And I thought, well, if I can get one, I'd seen them before, like, for example, on an Amazon for like $29. And I could get one. The issue was, it said, eligible for delivery November 10th through the 15th, which doesn't exactly work for Halloween no, when not, it lands on not helpful. October 31st. So, yes, before you finally hit, you know, review your order, make sure you will get that product before Christmas. Excellent Otherwise, reminder, what it's too. Worth. Very good, because my son, he likes really weird, obscure stuff, and he finds these weird websites, a lot of them coming out of China, that sort of thing. And, yeah, if you don't look and pay attention a lot of that stuff is not going to arrive for Christmas. They specify it. Fine print, small print at the bottom. So make sure when you are ordering something, if it's really important for Christmas, you get it here on time, you better make sure it's actually going to arrive then. Really be on the ball, right? Yeah. Movember is not quite over yet. Still focusing on those issues that affect men's health. Our producer, Reese Schaefer, who also happens to be a testicular cancer survivor, has been helping us cover the topic of Movember all mm-hmm. month. And this morning, he shines a spotlight on the One Ball Charity. Testicular cancer is one of the most common forms of cancer for men 15 to 35. In fact, one in 250 men will be diagnosed in their lifetime, including myself and my guest, Christopher Lloyd. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing? Not too bad. Yourself? Oh, pretty good. So let's jump right into it. How did One Ball Charity get started? 
Well, we were founded in 2009 uh, by a fellow by the name of Jason Baker. And uh, he, like I would say many of of us who have been through the testicular cancer journey, kind of felt there was a bit of a gap Mm -hmm. in in, in, you know, specifically, you know, young adults uh, going through cancer. Basically, uh, as the name, you know, you know, might imply, we take a bit of a lighthearted, uh, playful approach to, uh, you know, a very serious topic. And, you know, I often say that one ball in a word is ballsy. <laughs> uh, so we definitely have a few laughs at cancer's expense, but, you know, we're more than just fun and games. We uh, provide you know, funds for life-changing research. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a financial assistance program, which is all digital, which is, uh, you know, a pretty forward-thinking strategy uh, as compared to many organizations. Yeah, sure. so let's break that down a little bit more. What exactly does OneBall provide in, ter- in terms of financial assistance? We are pretty uh, broad in, uh, you know, the spectrum of financial assistance that we offer. So, uh, our program is named after an individual by the name of Davis Falniak, uh, who we helped a number of years ago uh, with uh, some of his clinical trial medications. Mm-hmm. Uh, so unfortunately, he ended up passing away. But uh, I think the legacy of his journey, I think, opened up a lot of different aspects of our financial assistance program that uh, were new territory for us. So many financial assistance programs don't provide funding for trial medications. We do cover all the basics as, as well. So rent, groceries, uh, uh, you know, some of the medications that aren't covered by our health care, which uh, can be a bit challenging. But, uh, yeah, you know, we basically help you cover the basics so that you can, you know, focus on your health. Yeah, and focus on getting better. That's amazing. Men don't talk openly enough about their health concerns. And how is One Ball looking to kind of change that narrative? <laughs> if, well, if you ask my fiance, she'll say that men are bad at at least two things. Mm-hmm. One, uh, taking care of themselves. And two, asking for help. So, you know, our approach to kind of overcoming uh, that, uh, those barriers are to use humor. Um, uh, to quote Harry Potter uh, on you there, it's, uh, you know, fear of a name only increases fear of the thing itself. So I love that. You know, by having uh, a laugh at cancer's expense, we can really, I'd say, disarm the conversation from being so serious and doom and gloom uh, and, you know, acknowledge some of the silly ridiculousness of, uh, of the cancer journey, you know. For my sperm storage, uh, you know, that I pay a yearly fee on, uh, you know, I often joke that my future kids are already leeching money off of me. (laughs) So, you know, having, you know, a sense of humor about it, you know, gives us an opportunity to dive into some of the, I would say, the harder stuff as well. When you're struggling with pretty serious questions like, will I ever have kids? Will any woman ever love me? You know, those are things that, you know, most men, unfortunately, suffer in silence. So... Yeah, I think that, you know, we want to help men own their story rather than their story owning them. So how can people get involved and support One Ball Charity? Uh, well, I think uh, giving us a follow on social media, we're you know doing our best to give you a laugh uh, all the time. So uh, pretty much on every social media, it's just at One Ball Charity. And then our website, www.oneball.ca. And uh, yeah, if you or anyone you know is impacted by testicular cancer, just reach out to us at info at oneball.ca. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. That's Christopher Lloyd, president of One Ball Charity and testicular cancer survivor. For Global News Radio 770 CHQR, I'm Reese Schaefer. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 5.30 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.